Yo, everybody. Welcome to Talking with Apple's podcast, where we talk about everything mobile development. I'm your host, Apple's Pajapples, or just PJ. And on this episode of Talking with Apple's, we talk about being a freelance engineer, in particular, a mobile freelance engineer. Enjoy. So welcome to another episode of Talking with Apple's. Today we have Mark Allison, who is a Kotlin GDE, an Android GDE, and you probably know him really, really well from stylingandroid.com. Today, Mark is going to be chatting with us around freelancing development or being a freelance developer. So yeah, welcome, Mark. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Awesome. So yeah, um, to get started, I would like to kind of dive into what is a freelancer or freelance engineer versus someone that is maybe a full-time engineer. So I think a lot of people out there go for job interviews and they're always kind of like getting, getting like they'll go for a job interview at Google and they would maybe um, get a job there and then they would stay there and be a permanent employee. But a freelance engineer is something completely different. Maybe if we can start off and give our audience like maybe an introduction to what is a freelance engineer. Um, for me, um, uh, I think I'd best describe it as uh, I work for a company called Styling Android Limited, which is my own company. Um, and I'm a permanent employee of Styling Android Limited. Um, but Styling Android Limited gets uh, contracts with various companies. I've worked for with um, uh, various um, big and small name companies over the years. Um, and I'm basically a gun for hire. Uh, I'll coder for hire, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so I... I um, um, the uh, attraction for some companies is that sometimes they need a flexible size workforce. Um, if they get a, a sudden rush project in, they might need to get people in to work on, on some stuff, but without the commitment of hiring full-time employees, who then uh, they might have to uh, get rid of once the, the surge of work uh, completes. Um, this is particularly uh, relevant for companies that are funded by venture capital, where they might have uh, a chunk of work needs doing following a tranche of VC uh, coming in. Um, but then while they're, they're uh, negotiating for the next tranche, they might need to constrict the, the workforce a little. Um, and if they've got a certain amount of uh, contractors or freelancers, they can uh, let them go without actually having to to make permanent uh, full time employees redundant. So I'm uh, a coder for hire. I go in. I w work on projects. the The nature of the work is very varied, um, and um, I just quite enjoy the variety. And I like being my own boss um, because essentially uh, that's what I am. I, I work for my own company. Um, I don't actually work for these other companies. While my, uh, my company is engaged by them, um, I don't have a direct, uh, you know, I'm not directly employed there. So I'm only ultimately answerable to myself. 
That's awesome. I think I think a lot of people would love that. I mean, a lot of people think that they would one day want to work for themselves or get to a point where they own their own company, um, but they maybe don't realize that at this point they could do it already in doing the work that they're already doing instead of still working for another company um, per se, but they could obviously um, be freelancing instead of permanently being employed by a specific company, um, which is really, really cool. Um, something I just wanted to touch on is is around contract contractors um, and freelancers. So that's something that I've personally um, been a part of. Like I've been um, with a contracting house before um, where I permanently work for the contracting house, but like they contract me out to um, other other companies and stuff like that. Um, can you, well, what's the difference between those companies? Do you feel like you as a freelancer um, owning your own company is kind of very similar to that? Or um, do you feel like um, they, they're vastly different? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, I, I've been fortunate enough that, uh, in all the the years I've been doing this, um, you know, since 2014, uh, I, I first started uh, uh, my own company. Um, but every time I found a contract, it's been directly with uh, the company I'm contracting for. Um, in one case, um, uh, the actual contract was through a third party, through uh, an umbe- umbrella corporation um and that was just um uh because it, this was quite a, a big uh, multinational company and it's how they wanted to to work it but the actual uh, negotiation was with them um there are um companies agencies that that um hire contractors and then farm them out uh, i've never uh, done that. I've never been through employment agencies that find contract work and you effectively subcontract through an employment agency. Um, but then I guess I, I've, I've been lucky because I've never had uh, uh, issues finding new contracts. So I've never had to really uh, look at that route. The, the times I've spoken with uh, third parties, uh, generally it's uh, been slow and something else has come up. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I think um, I definitely want to touch on that a little bit later. Um, the on on the whole um, third party contracting a little bit more, but uh, but something that you mentioned previously also is around the diversity of work. So in terms of being able to work on different projects, being able to um, work on different technologies. Um, do you find that as a benefit um, to working as a freelancer versus working as a permanent employee at a specific company? Um, or do you find that you might have to have an abundance of skills as a freelancer versus someone that maybe is just focused on, let's say, Android development and only does Android development um, where they do, I don't know, like JSON web services or something like that all the time? Um, well, personally, I only really do Android development. I I, uh, I try to focus on that. I think um, the um, uh, the amount of uh, APIs and technologies just in Android 
is more than enough for, for anyone to learn. Um, and you, you find people even have to specialize within, um, just the Android, uh, uh, ecosystem. Um, for me, I tend to, um, readers of my blog will know that I have a thing for UI. Um, so I tend to, uh, to work, uh, to enjoy working on UI animations, that kind of stuff. And in any team, uh, whether it's mixed, um, uh, full time and freelancers, you find people, um, people tend to work on the things they enjoy um, because that's where they're going to be most productive. So a good engineering manager will try and uh, organize people so that they're working on the, the areas that they're going to be most productive at. Um, of course, you have to be flexible. Um, as a, a freelancer, you tend to get the uh, not so nice jobs that uh, the permanent employees uh, don't want to do um, because they kind of <laughs> have to keep the permies uh, happy. So, you know, there have been a few times where I've been working on legacy code um, while everyone else is uh, able to work on the nice new shiny um, because that's what they want to play with. Um, but it's part of the, um, you know, part of... Uh, how freelancing works you you sometimes just have to fit into the gaps that are left um but yeah um it's usually not a problem okay and how do you find it in terms of working in a team so i mean obviously as a freelancer you might um chop and change between different teams a lot more than someone that is more of a permanent employee do you feel like team dynamics is easy to um, create um, amongst um, team players um, as a freelancer or do you feel like as a freelancer like you just mentioned sometimes you have to get you get to do all the legacy code and everybody gets to do the shiny stuff do you feel like that even creates like um, some kind of divide between um, teams even as a freelancer um, no not really um, I again I, I it, I'm accepting of the fact that this is how the world works. Uh, I yeah. think uh, just accepting that up front makes dealing with it much easier. Um, uh, you know, you, you sometimes get a little frustrated, but um, um, I find that I, I just try and uh, and collaborate well with people that I think that's very important, no matter whether you're a, a full-time employee or a contractor. Um, collaboration is, uh, is what makes uh, teams better. Uh, I love collaborating with good designers. Um, that That's a really uh, rewarding thing for me when you get a good designer and a developer that can ask questions to and you you actually push each other to do something that's uh that's better but that can work with developers as well um you know just doing things like code review um having someone else look at what i do and if i comment on what someone else does that that's still collaboration even if you're not actually uh you know pairing directly you you, you can still um help share knowledge and uh you know, you, you can provide a little bit of mentorship that way if you're you're in there as kind of a, a senior head, which uh, you know often that that can be expected of you as a contractor. Sometimes you're expected to just be a head down coder. Other times they want a senior head in there. Uh, sometimes 
Um, you know, I've I've done a couple of times relatively short term contracts where I've been filling in because a senior has left. They have a, a new hire coming in, um, but they've got a, a notice period they have to serve. So they need someone in just to cover that role um, until the, the the new person starts. So there you're, you're kind of expected to be an experienced senior head um, and you, you, uh, you know, I, I enjoy mentoring uh, junior developers it's nice to see uh developers uh, developing if that makes yeah. sense um, yeah, yeah. and growing um and so that that's always a rewarding thing for me um and you know that that partly comes down to why i started blogging because sharing knowledge is uh, is uh, something that um you know i started on uh, almost 10 years ago now through the blog and uh, it's had its own rewards in uh you know sometimes you you can be at a conference and someone just walks up to you and says oh thank you for your blog it you know it's helped me uh so many times um and it never gets tired you know never gets boring hearing that and just knowing that people find it useful is what what uh keeps the uh the momentum going and, and keeps me uh uh uh, what's the word in, in inspires me to to continue with it yeah and i mean um to be honest this this podcast is actually in an in inspiration from your blog because um i read your i read your blog on on freelancing recently and it was pretty pretty insightful because i just jumped into the freelance um realm also and obviously you ha you've had experience like i said you've been doing it since 2014 um so it's it's really great it was really really great and um to read the um read your your insights and then obviously we got chatting and and now we have you on the podcast so it seems like um, blogging is really really great and yeah, so, and that actually segues me into my, my next question in terms of that community contribution, where you mentioned you, you get to chat to developers, you get to help other developers. Um, but do you feel like having a blog and doing community contributions also helps you as a freelancer going forward in terms of people seeing the work that you've done even just in the community and deciding hey that's a person that i would like to hire if they are available for the next six months or whatever absolutely um it, it's uh, completely that um uh, i mentioned earlier that uh, i've never had to go through third parties i've never had too much of a a problem finding new contracts um and that's partly because I have a, um, a degree of visibility in the Android community. Um, in terms of interview process, um, so a, a lot of um, interviews, even for freelance, uh, ask you to do a take-home project. Um, but I've got uh, so much published uh, uh, code on GitHub that supports my blog posts. Um there's kind of enough there for people to to look at and understand whether I know my stuff. So I I rarely get asked to do take home projects because people can see my code, they can see my work. It's quite visible, so it certainly helps in that way. And 
uh, I, I even um, many years ago had one interview where after about uh, five minutes, um, the the one of the interviewers said to me, "Look, um, we just wanted to check that you are really the guy that writes the blog, and we're now happy with that. <laughs> so, do you still want to carry on?" Um, and you know that was one of the shortest interviews ever. But then we we did carry on and uh, had a bit of fun with it. But it was uh, so. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a help, and that's another thing that that that. Uh, keeps me motivated to to keep doing it because it does make life as a freelancer uh, very much easier. Um, and indeed, it was one of the the contributing reasons when I, why I started freelancing in the first place because uh, I realised I'd actually tr- um, almost done it once before a couple of years before i actually started um and i'd got a limited company set up in the uk and uh, i had a contract lined up to start with and literally two weeks before it it was due to commence um there was a change in senior management overseeing uh the whole of the technical area of quite a big company and the first thing that this uh this new head did was put a freeze on everything until he'd had time to uh, uh to look at what was there and uh, and everything so suddenly the rug was pulled with two weeks notice which as uh, going into it uh, as a first time uh, was almost put me off permanently yeah um but after another couple of years um i thought it was a good time to do it because uh if you know i i recognized that i had a profile within the the community and so it was a as good a time as any to to try and use that um and yeah it continues to do so <laughs> okay well that's awesome and i and i love the story around the the interview there where you just are you the guy that does the blog <laughs> and and then it's like okay cool um, that's really, really awesome. And that's, that was even going to be, um, part of, part of the next thing that I wanted to even discuss was around the interview process. Um, because generally, um, you might, you might have, um, open source code, like you mentioned. You have a bunch of open source code and that, um, that, uh, supports your blog. And a lot of people will obviously read those posts and stuff like that, which is a really amazing. Um, but then obviously the interview processes might be, um, a lot easier if you are co- contrib- contributing, um, towards the community. Cause I think if people, if you do have that visibility, um, then people will, will be able to see, okay, cool. We've seen his, his article and um, we've seen her article over there. Um, and what, um, well, we've actually learned something from this person previously, um, so it makes it a lot easier for you to be able to just decide like, okay, cool. This is someone that um, we would love to have on the team. Um, so it's actually interesting that you bring it up because I wanted to ask about the, the interview process. Um, have you had any kind of like really crazy interviews? Um, you know how it is. They always say like at some companies you have to do these algorithm tests and all of these type of things. Have you ever had one of those for, as a freelancer? uh not as a freelancer um i i think that that's certainly something as a freelancer the interview process is generally much simpler than for a permanent employee because 
if a company hires a freelancer and it's not working out, it's not nowhere near as difficult for a company to get rid of a freelancer. Uh, mo- most contracts have a, a break clause written into them. They're not fixed term. Um, I, I've been both on the giving and receiving end of uh, triggering break clauses um, because sometimes it's necessary. Um, you know, um, one uh, company I was working at, they were um, kind of like a digital agency and they had their own contract with uh, another company. So I was bought in joining their team. Uh, working for a third party um the third party cancelled the contract and so even though i still had time to run on my contract um the the, the company i was directly uh, engaged with that they had to let the the contractors go which is purely a business thing um you don't hold grudges it's how business works and you have to to get used to that as a contractor that sometimes business happens um so although um it wasn't uh, a nice experience we parted on good terms and i went back and worked for them on other occasions when uh you know that they they had a need for for contractors so as long as you're professional about it um and you you uh, think of it that people are doing this because they have valid reasons it's valid business reasons then uh, you you can still maintain good relationships even when things like that happen um on the other side of the coin there was a time where i did have um some time left to run on a contract uh, i had um but i had another offer came in um i knew that at the end of uh my current contract it wasn't going to get renewed um and another company came in uh sort of about five weeks before the end of the contract um and they uh, they sort of offered me a, a six-month contract so i kind of uh, had to go to my current contract and, and trigger the two-week release clause because it meant that I was leaving that contract three weeks early. But when you have the offer of, you know, five weeks or six months, it kind of is a bit yeah. of a no-brainer. So you, yeah. you kind of have to take those decisions at times, even though, uh, you know, you, you try and you try and avoid it if you can help it. But where, where circumstances uh, happen, um, you know, you have to sometimes make those tough decisions. Yeah, and and that, that's the thing. Like freelancing um, seems like it could actually be really, really stressful. Um, especially you just mentioned now where there could be a situation where you have a contract and you need to leave a little bit earlier, but there could be a situation where your contract's ending and you might not have work until a month from now. Um, where you've, you maybe organize another contract and then it's only going to happen a month later. Uh, do you feel like that stress is, um, is, is it's always there? Do you feel stressed about those type of things? Cause I, I feel like, um, that could be very stressful if someone just decides like, you know, okay, cool. For the next month, I just won't have any income. Um, if I take that project or, um, I think people that continuation must be, um, pretty stressful. Um, 
in being a freelancer? Um, yeah, um, there are stresses um, to being a freelancer, but there, there are, it can also be stressful being a, a permanent employee. Um, I think there are different stresses, um, and it's maybe how well you can cope with the different types of types of stresses might govern which is the the, the right approach uh, for any individual. Um, you know, for me, I, I like the 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 fact that I'm my own boss, but yeah, the the, the stressful times are. Uh, when contracts come to an end and you're looking for something new, that's never fun. Um, it never gets easier. Um, uh, sometimes you can get lucky. Um, I, I've literally, I'm just two weeks into a new contract and that, uh, the 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 folks that, that have just hired me, uh, they actually wanted me to start uh, uh, about a month earlier, but I was still under an existing contract and uh, I, I i discussed it with them and they they said well if we have to wait we'll we'll wait but in that case i i was uh kind of working about six weeks in my last contract um knowing <laughs> that i was moving on in in six weeks time um and so that was i think the first time that i've never actually had uh any kind of, uh, you know, last minute trying to find something new, um, that something was already lined up well in advance and it was quite nice. Um, <laughs> okay. That's really awesome. Like, yeah. And I think, I think that's the, that's the thing. Like, um, with freelancing, um, you obviously would have to find your own projects, I think you mentioned agencies um, previously where they would kind of find projects for you versus um, you being um, a contractor or a freelancer with your own company. You kind of have to go out there and find your own projects. Um, I know you you said that it, it hasn't, it's been really great for you, especially because of your community presence. Um, but there's probably a lot of freelancers out there that might find it like really hard to um, find projects. Um, do you maybe have any advice um, in terms of where people should be looking, how they should approach um, finding um, freelance work? Um, maybe some of your secrets, your secret <laughs> websites <laughs> that you might be be on. Um, yeah, because I think I think there might this this could probably be um, some of our audience might. Um, think, hey, this is quite a great opportunity um, to maybe do this type of thing. Um, but right now, um, but they, they kind of don't know where to start. Um, how do they jump into it? So, yeah, I don't know if you can if you can um, share some secrets. Um, I, th I think the most important thing is good networking. Um, uh, I, I'm probably not a typical case because I... I uh, tend to uh because i do have a a community presence i can uh to a degree leverage social media um and put it out there that i'm on the lookout for something um so that's not something that uh, a lot of developers will be able to do um so possibly my my um process for finding new contracts is a bit is not a typical one um but certain things that do apply is um 
you know, I, I touched on the fact before that um, I, I had multiple stints with uh, the same companies. Um, and that is an important thing. Make sure you leave on good terms um, um, because when companies come uh, are looking again, if you've already worked there, you, you've got a very simple interview process. You're you're already known. You, you probably know a bit about the company, so you'll be able to slot back in there. So certainly keep in touch with people. Um, as you're freeing up, get in touch with people that you've uh, worked with before and say, you know, just on the off chance, if you're hiring, I'm, I've got some availability coming up. Um, sometimes uh, people... Uh, just approach you out of the blue that you've worked with before. You know, I said uh, before that the, the contract I've just started, that they, they contacted me, uh, you know, a, a couple of months ago. Uh, we first started discussing, and, and I've worked with the, these good folks before. Um, and so this was born out of, uh, uh, you know, just uh, having a, a good relationship. And when they were were looking to um, get someone on board that they, they reached out to me um, I've tended to keep in touch with them and let them know when I'm uh, free so it kind of works that you, you keep yourself in their mind and they uh, can then uh, oh we need someone um, the the other thing to do is is just talk to people um, there have been uh, a few times where uh, nothing much happens uh, you, you talk to someone initially and either they haven't got the budget to pay your required rate or things just don't fall into place quite right or, you know, something else comes up for me and so I have to pass. Um, but, you know, keep in touch with them. Um, you know, if uh, you do free up, ping them and say, hey, uh, you know, we spoke a while back, just wondered if uh, things might happen this time. So, it's communication as much as anything um, and just try and uh, build and expand that that network of contacts you have and it takes time but it, it ultimately is uh, it is a very valuable thing for a freelancer or a contractor to, to be able to do to have these contracts where you can talk to them directly and get engaged directly yeah I think I think networking is really really important Um there was a time where I think I wrote like this this article just about going to conferences and meetups um, and how important that is for developers, um, not only to just learn things, but also to network. And I think, um, like you mentioning, um, being part of the community, I think going to meetups, going to, um, to conferences um, and chatting to people um, that that I think could be a really good opportunity for you to also um, network and um, find a potential contracts or jobs for you to do in the future, um, which is really really cool too. Because I, I guess you you're kind of speaking to like minded people, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, if you happen to be at a conference around the time that you're um, uh, looking for. A new contract that 
you can leverage that. You you can mm-hmm. uh, raise that in conversation when you're chatting to people. If you happen to be speaking at the conference, I, I'm never shy at actually <laughs> saying, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something at the moment. You know, come and see me if uh, if you're hiring. So yeah, yeah, you use conferences uh, as well. That that's a, a, a another good way of uh, of spreading the word. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think something you mentioned there was. Um, contractors generally don't really have salaries. They have a rate. Um, And someone told me, a little bird told me that generally if you're a freelancer, you might get paid a little bit more than what you would as a permanent employee. Um, Would you say that's true? Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It it kind of goes with the territory um, because um, there there are... uh, a few reasons why it, it's the, the case. Um, if you're a permanent employee, uh, you'll get uh, sick time, you'll get paid vacation, um, you'll get other perks, you might get a health care, you might get pension, you might get all kinds of other perks, you might get sort of, uh, you know, help with uh, with commuting fares or, or uh you know, a, a cycle loan or something like that. There, there are all kinds of perks. Um, you don't get those as a freelancer. Um, so if I take tomorrow off because uh, I want to throw a sick day, uh, I don't get paid or my company doesn't get paid. I uh, My company doesn't invoice for the day I don't work. Um, so... I'm quite strict with how I handle my personal finances and the company finances. Um, I actually salary myself from the company. Um, and so I pay myself a fixed amount each month. And that's a lot less than what comes into the company. Um, so th- this is kind of a, a whole other side of maybe the 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 uh, the responsibility of it that you have to actually manage the finances um so the 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 key things are uh i like to keep funds in the company rather than just uh pay them all to me um for two reasons firstly when my tax bill comes in for the company uh I need the funds in the company to be able to pay it. <laughs> yeah. you, you you struggle to to uh, uh, get away with paying the tax man. They will uh, come down on you very quickly. Um, yep. So you have to make sure you keep the funds in the company to pay those when they come in. Um, and also you do get lean times when you're between contracts. Uh, if you've got... Uh, I call it either rainy day money or buffer money within the company, then you can continue to pay yourself your salary uh, if you take vacation during a, a contract. Although the company doesn't uh, invoice for that, if you've got this buffer money within the company, you can still pay yourself your full monthly salary. So by careful management of the the, the company funds, you, you can... Uh, uh, make life easier for yourself personally. Um, yeah. So okay, I, I've I've slightly uh, strayed from the point, but mm. <laughs> well, I but, think it's a great point though because I think um, there, there's a lot of um, business side to this um, to this freelancing thing. I think people will see it as um, they get to work on a lot of projects and they might get to um, 
earn a little bit more money, but then you might you might work for um, for companies that are in other regions per se, um, and you might have to do your own taxes and all of those type of things. So I think I think um, this is like valuable information that you are giving. Yeah, um, but but to come back to the point um, that yeah, you do get paid. Uh, a lot more, but you're not getting many of the benefits directly. Um, so, but that said, you know, I do pay myself for taking vacation. I do pay myself if I'm sick. Uh, I uh, have personal health care through my company uh, for myself and my wife. And so you can build those same perks for yourself if you ma- uh, manage the company uh, accordingly, uh, to, to, uh, permit that. Um, but you also have to budget for the times where you've not got income coming into the company. So, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons you're paying, you're paid more because you're, you're, you don't necessarily have the security you would with a permanent job. Um, the cost for the, uh, any company to employ you, um, is, significantly reduced in terms of all the benefits so they can actually just pay you much more up front because they're not having to cover your sick days and your and uh yeah sick days are another interesting one uh, <laughs> yeah uh, as a freelancer uh, uh in six years i've taken two days sick um, wow and I was incredibly sick those days. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was, uh, it wasn't uh, that I had a slight cold, <laughs> you know, I was, I, was yeah. uh, uh, I could not get out of bed those days. That was, um, you know, it really was uh, bad. I don't take sick days for, for, for a cold. Um, you know, I might work remotely if I'm infectious with a cold, but, um, I don't tend to take sick days. Um, uh, you know, I, I enjoy being my own boss, but I'm probably the most demanding boss I've ever worked for. Because, <laughs> uh, and, and it's the same with uh, taking vacation and stuff like that. You tend not to because, um, you know, I, I, I tend to, you know, take the attitude to make hay while the sun shines. So while you're in a contract, taking time out uh, where you're not earning is maybe uh, you, you might regret when the contract comes to the end if you then have a spell where you're without something. Um, so I tend to reduce my uh, time off. I think actually in 2020, I've taken five days vacation so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that was a gap between contracts. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was forced vacation, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that that's something that people also don't realize is that there's the whole vacation. Um, and it, and I, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty stressful in terms of not having paid vacation. Um, that is just there. You kind of have to like budget it inside of your kind of like let's say you have a six month um, contract or you have a one year contract, you have to kind of like budget if you're going to be taking time off to go on vacation or if you feel that you have um, 
that you might need like two or three days sick leave per year. And even if you don't take it, it's kind of available to you um, just as part of your kind of like business plan. So you mentioning that you haven't been um, only two days in six years is pretty impressive. Um, (laughs) And yeah, um, I think, I think a lot of people would, would, would rather, would rather budget to take a, um, a bit of time off um and make sure that they kind of get some time off just because it's maybe like christmas time when you want to spend time with your family um or whatever um yeah i i usually do take some time uh at christmas and i i think uh, 2020 has been uh, a, 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 a an untypical year usually i would have taken yeah. more vacation than i have um yeah uh, i usually have um a couple of uh uh, family vacations but we've not been uh, able to do those this year so rather than um just take the time off and do nothing i've tended to work through so yeah yeah 2020 isn't a typical re- uh, <laughs> year i usually would take a bit more than that but it's just circumstances yeah no definitely and i think i just wanted to even touch on um, something that you did mention which was remote work do you feel that um, freelancing and remote work work really well together? Uh, just because um, jumping in between, um, like, let's say, um, work or let's say your clients every six months, do you feel like it kind of goes hand in hand? Um, do you feel like you kind of have to be a remote worker to do freelancing? Or is freelancing just something you can do, like, just on a on going to a client for six months and staying there and then going to another client for six months and actually like working within their offices and stuff? Um, For me, it's more driven by um, geography as much as anything. Um, uh, I uh, live in a place called Hemel Hempstead in uh, in England. Um, And uh, uh, a lot of people think that's a weird name. Um, But... (laughs) But us Brits are really good at naming stuff. I mean, we came up with Boaty <laughs> McBoatface. Uh, and uh, and we've got uh, a load of uh, wonderfully named uh, places. Um, but where I live, it's um, it takes me about uh, two to two and a half hours to travel into central London. It's not that far, but in rush hour, it's uh, uh, not a nice journey. Um, so... If I'm uh, doing uh, an eight-hour day and then I've got uh, four to five hours commute wrapped around that, uh, I don't think I can do my best work if I'm doing that every single day. Um, so most of my contracts have been in uh, in London. Um, that's kind of where... Uh, in the area where I live, that's where the work is. Um, so I've tended to, to ever since I started freelancing, tended to, to have a degree of remote work there. And I, I kind of uh, take the attitude that, uh, I'm not interested in any contract that would require me to be on site five days a week. Um, because I couldn't do my best work under those circumstances. Um, so just like with, with anything, you know, um, I, I choose not to live in London because uh, London's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to yeah. live there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and you know where, where I live, uh, I can drive for about five minutes, and I'm in you know full fully green fields, and the air quality's better. The the I, I just prefer the uh, a more rural life. Um, that's personal preference, um, but it means I have uh, a lengthy commute if I take it. So it's my choice, but um, and so I've developed strategies for. Uh, remote work. Uh, I have a very good setup at home. I have incredibly fast broadband. Uh, I've built um, uh, an, an office here um, that is, uh, you know, built technology over years with uh, things that enable um, good quality video conferencing, that kind of stuff. Um so I have the tools to do it and they've developed over a number of years. Um, and I've developed strategies for remote work. Um, so when I was, uh, uh, luckily, um, since COVID, I've not actually had any UK based contracts. Um, they've all been, uh, uh, based remotely. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and, um, so I, I've I've been fully remote anyway um, f- for a little while, um, but even before then, when I was uh, doing some work in London, um, I'd usually do two days a week on site and three days remote. And what I'd actually do is get a cheap hotel overnight, so that I was only travelling in once, stay over, and then travel home at the end of the day. So I'm only doing that commute once each way a week so that kind of uh uh it, you know was a, a strategy for for dealing with that um and i i kind of uh, used the rationale that what the the overnight hotel was costing me in, in compared to a half a day of my day rate commute yeah. um, the hotel was a lot cheaper than <laughs> It was effectively costing me in terms of what I would uh, be billing a, a client for that, but couldn't because you can't bill for for travel time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, like because that's an interesting strategy, like in terms of the economics and like your time itself. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like you want to do an eight hour day, but you don't want to spend like um like another three to four hours in traffic every single day or trying to get home because that kind of will you'll get fatigued and all of those type of things and um it's kind of just not great getting getting to work at like or having to leave at like six or five a.m to get to work at like seven or eight um and then like you're already tired <laughs> which yeah. is, is yeah which is not good and i mean you mentioned geography um and you've mentioned that you've worked in um, worked with companies um, that are not um, only in the UK, but like all around the world. Um, um, would you say that's another perk of maybe being a freelancer that you um, can work with um, with companies in different regions, let's say the US, um, in the EU, maybe in Africa, <laughs> I don't know, um, in Asia? Um, like, do you feel that's a perk of freelancing? Um, or, and do you find like there's any kind of like difficulties with, um, working across regions as a freelancer? Um, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, it's certainly, uh, opportunities are opening up at, 
and COVID has, uh, let, let's not <laughs> ignore yeah. the fact that COVID <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. has uh, made uh, remote work um, more of a necessity than, than ever. And uh, it is interesting to see uh, companies that are... Uh, uh, changing their attitudes to, toward remote work and many more companies are, are embracing it and saying even when things return to normal um, they're not going to require um, their, their staff to, to return to offices um, um, so I think this this is something that we're going to see more of anyway um, in terms of uh, the challenges that it can bring um, y- you know I've as I say, I've developed strategies and you find ways of working remotely. Um, you can still collaborate with people remotely. You need to uh, learn maybe new skills, um, uh, new ways of co- collaborating, but you, you can still collaborate uh, effectively. You, you just need to find what works uh, um, depending on who you're working with and how they work and what kind of uh, work they're doing so you know you might need different tools to collaborate with a designer than another developer for example um but you can still do pair program programming remotely and i have done um um but the other uh thing to bear in mind is uh time differences which can be uh, uh bring their own challenge um but they're not insurmountable challenges. Um, the, the key I've found, um, is, uh, the, my current contract, for example, is with a, a company in the US. And so there's a time difference. So, um, I actually get a clear morning where, um, you know, I never have meetings or anything like that in the morning. So that's when my key work time. So make sure you, you use, uh, your interruption free time, uh, effectively um and uh and also um you know the 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 other thing worth bearing in mind is if you get blocked before anyone else comes online you need to to make allowances for that so i kind of always try and make sure that i've at least got one maybe more fallback things that i can work on if I can get blocked on, if I get blocked on something. Um, so yeah, uh, it's making sure that you can be productive. Um, and so, you know, that there's, uh, it's going to frustrate everyone if you hit a blocker and you have to wait four hours for, for another team to come online. So make sure you've got plenty of stuff to work on. Um, and if you do get blocked, you, you maybe have to context switch, but you can still be productive. And so you develop strategies like that and you, you can cope with uh, a lot of things when you do that. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think that's also something that maybe, um, companies could learn from because I think, um, companies might, might just kind of let you focus on one thing. And if you do get blocked, um, then they like, okay, cool. Well, what did you do in this last three hours? You're billing us, but you haven't done anything. Um, but I think it could also be a good strategy in terms of companies also seeing that developers can work across regions. Um, as, um, I would, I would say that a lot of people would say that they only, if you can only have people, um, working at a U.S. company, if you're in a U.S. region, because, 
because of time differences. And I mean, the time differences are really big from, let's say, even um, Europe, Europe and Africa to like, let's say, San Francisco is like nine hours from nine hours from my um, for my time zone, which means like it's pretty much a full day of working um, um, away in terms of time zone. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you can have some kind of situation where you do make sure that um, you're not being blocked or or you can work at certain hours in within the day, let's say you start at 12, you're okay with starting for, from 12 to 8 um, or 12 to 7 um, and that's your work time, then I think those type of things can kind of work um, uh, as a freelancer or just anybody that's kind of being hired remotely, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, this isn't for, uh, specific to freelancing. This is just general remote working. Um. But yeah, um, and then even in terms of like this whole COVID situation, I mean, mm-hmm. like we were kind of in a in a place in the world, let's say, where every like COVID has maybe um, not been the greatest, um, maybe even for freelancers. Um, uh, especially freelancers and contracts versus more permanent stuff. But even for permanent stuff, um, we hear people kind of like losing their jobs and stuff like that, which is kind of not great. Um, but I mean, from a freelance point of view, um, this could happen even not even in COVID times where they just say we don't have funding anymore or something like that. Um, are there strategies um, besides besides planning? Um, do you feel like freelancers should have like freelance insurance um, or uh, like so that they can kind of like if a contract gets cancelled um, before and they don't have something kind of like following up, is there something like that that people can kind of um, lean on um, in terms of freelancing? Um, when I first started out, um, I did look at um, insurance for sickness and, um, you know, if uh, I became fatally ill or something like that that would uh, cover me but the the cost i just felt was uh, was prohibitive so i've never gone that route um so <clears throat> i i tend to uh you know make sure i have provision within the company that i can cover things if i if i needed to take time off sick or i needed uh you know if there is a gap between contracts then i can still continue to pay me myself um my salary while that's running i might sort of tighten the belt a little to eke money out longer and and do things like that um but yeah it's um try and uh, run a a a sensible business rather than uh necessarily take insurance um but it may be different in different countries you know but certainly in the uk um <clears throat> that you know i i found felt it was uh vastly overpriced and insurance usually uh try and not pay out wherever they can as well so if you're paying a lot of money for something that you then struggle to claim uh you, and you start reading the small print and you find all the the things <laughs> that aren't covered by it and stuff like yeah. this then you know, it's it's better to to just run your business sensibly. I think. Yeah, I think. I, well, I think that's that's pretty much all over the world. Um, um, yeah, insurance companies are the same, so um, I don't think it's it's any different. Um, 
but yeah, um, the last thing I kind of wanted to just delve into is in terms of the mobile development slash let's let's even call it like the Android world. Um, in terms of freelancing, do you feel like it's um, there's a big market for it? Um, or do you feel like it's still a little bit niche um, to be a freelancer, um, a freelance Android developer? Because you don't, I don't come across uh, many freelance um, Android developers, um, whereas you find people would rather be more comfortable working um, at, um, at big companies or just working at startups or whatever, where it's kind of like a permanent situation. Um, do you feel like there, there is a market for it? Um, Probably with with um, our world situation at the moment, it might create one. Um, but previous to this, do you f- do you feel like there was a lot of opportunity, and um, especially in the mobile Android realm? Um, yeah, my experience has been that, that there is plenty of opportunity. Maybe that that's uh, again a geographical thing, but certainly in the UK, uh, I know quite a few uh, freelancers in the UK. Um, things are changing a little, uh, but that's more uh, because of uh, uh, changes that the UK government is making to law around uh, freelancing, and that's primarily why I've not tended to to get contracts within the UK um, of late. Um, so they're kind of uh, driving uh, freelancers to to get remote contracts and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know the joy that is Brexit is uh, is not helping things either. Um, which um, yeah, this is it's just crazy. Uh, um, <laughs> you can probably guess that I didn't vote for <laughs> to leave the EU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I think that's pretty cool because, I mean, I think all around the world, I think if people are going to be let's um, delving into wanting to be a freelancer or wanting to kind of take this route um, of kind of starting their own business, kind of working for themselves. Um, I think they, they would love to know that there's actually opportunities within Android, um, within mobile development. Um, and I guess across other um, other disciplines also. Um, so it's good to hear that at least um, you you're able to find um, contracts even across regions, which is really really great. Yeah, I, I, and I think um, I, I touched on uh, sort of the the VC funded companies earlier, but I think that's what the enabler is for for freelancing. That that. Companies that are VC funded do need the, these uh, uh, the ability to dynamically size their workforce, um, and that may that is very common in tech is to, to have that kind of business model, um, particularly with startups, and that kind of uh, deve- develops the need for uh, having freelancers and contractors to be able to to dynamically size your workforce. So I think that's why there are the opportunities, uh, not necessarily um, it's more that there are in tech because tech tends to, to largely uh, fit the business models that, that uh, utilize contractors and freelancers. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you can obviously... Um 
um, go across in terms of design also. I mean, um, design, design has become a massive part of um, tech and development these days. Um, I, like pretty much most of the projects I work on um, always have designers. So I think if there are designers out there, I think the freelance model works is going to work for, for people that are trying to do design too, um, just as developers um, would be, be doing the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've worked worked in uh, cross-functional teams um, where, you know, they've got a mix of, uh, of freelancers in all roles, really. So we've had designers, we've had developers, we've had QAs, we've had, or, or, you know, sometimes even, uh, um, you know, PMs and technical project own, product owners and, and stuff like this. So that you can get freelancers in all of those roles. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think, I think, especially like you mentioned in tech, I think um, tech is kind of like enhancing this type of model for um, people to kind of have a different style of of working. And I would even say that as a freelancer, especially if you're working remotely, I, it kind of also um, pushes that nomadic life. So once we can travel again, um, I think people that do do freelancing. Um, it, it might be a little bit easier for them to kind of work wherever they need to um, if they're not just working for a specific company. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I know of uh, some nomadic freelancers as well. Uh, um, Enrique that runs Kotlin Weekly, uh, he's uh, been a nomad. Uh, so he, he tends to travel it a fair bit. Um, and uh uh, you know, I, I know of other people that, that they just uh, travel from country to country and they're not even traveling to the com- country where they're working. They're, they're just traveling, um, but remotely uh, working for different companies while they're, they're traveling. So, uh, yeah, that, that, there's that is made, uh, you know, sometimes freelancing does uh, – is a facilitator for that kind of lifestyle. Um, not something for me. I'm too old now. <laughs> um, you know, have a family, and when you have family commitments, that 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 tends to uh, uh, to to uh, plant you, shall we say? Uh, you 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 you, uh, you you get your roots uh, down um, through a family, but uh, yeah. Um, but it still uh, offers me plenty of opportunities um, for for interesting and varied work. Um, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know if we we've um, if we've kind of covered everything. Um, I think there's there's still so much to there. There might be so many topics that maybe even our listeners are thinking, why didn't we cover that? Um, but I don't know. Um, do you feel like there's something else that we we um, we maybe missed um, that we should that we should kind of make sure that we kind of mention to our users? I mean, to our listeners. Um, I guess that there's nothing really jumping out at me other than uh, uh, while it certainly works for me um, being a freelancer, it, it certainly isn't for everyone. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I think we, we, we chatted about different types of stresses with being a, a full-time employee and a, a freelancer. Um, 
<clears throat> there are different responsibilities. Um, you you kind of have to always have a business owner head on at times, um, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> you sometimes have to be uh, a little stubborn uh, at times. Um, uh, you know, as an example, um, I, I was once in a position where I was being asked for to do something which uh, I felt could cause the app I was working on to uh, get rejected from the, uh, the Play Store. Um, and I voiced my my concerns and uh, it was the the business was umming and ahhing about whether it cared about my concerns or not and <laughs> uh when they started to say right well we want you to do it anyway um <clears throat> I, I had to to kind of uh, take my business head on and look at the contract i had that that said i was liable for the work i did so potentially if I did the work that I was warning them could get them banned from the Play Store, they told me to do it anyway, but then got banned from the Play Store, <laughs> I could leave myself open to uh, to uh, legal a legal follow-up. Um, so I kind of pointed that out to them, <laughs> which <laughs> if I was an employee, they could have just ordered me to do that because companies very rarely sue employees for following orders but as a freelancer you kind of have to to think well i could uh, land myself in uh, a legal situation and so i kind of voiced to them that if you choose to do this you probably don't want to ask me to do it because uh, a refusal <laughs> might offend yeah. um, so you you kind of have to 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 view things in a different way, but be prepared to 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 uh, stick to your principles uh, and know that you could leave you, you, yourself uh, open to uh, to these kinds of issues if you're you're not uh, mindful of them. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of different uh, stresses that you yeah. kind of have to deal with. Um. <clears throat> I've never had a problem with the word no. I, I can say no to people quite happily. Um, you can say no nicely. You can say no without offending. You can say no without um, being confrontational. Um, <clears throat> it's where the, when you're afraid of saying no, that's when it tends to become more problematic when you come to say no, because it tends to then come across as uh, uh, as uh, confrontational or... or or whatever um but <clears throat> as long as you clearly explain why you're saying no then that that's part of it um that's more a general thing anyway that that you know that, that's not specific to being a freelancer but having the ability to to say no uh not be afraid to say no is just a a general thing but um, it's something you, I, I think, is absolutely vital as a freelancer, because you are responsible for your your business, and you don't want to uh, sort of get uh, cajoled into doing things that that might cause damage to your business. So you you have to kind of think of that. Yeah. But for 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 those reasons, it might not be for everyone. Um, the 
you know, the people that won't have the discipline to not take vacation because they can, uh, that they might struggle to, uh, uh, to make it work. So it, it's, uh, you know, what works for me doesn't work for everyone. Um, um, but I think I would struggle to go back to being uh, a full-time employee now because I would miss the uh, some of the freedoms that I uh, I feel that I have as a freelancer. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think also um, something that you mentioned um, there was kind of you have your reputation on the line also. So you kind of have, if like with the whole saying no, you you have a reputation um, of the apps that you've built and it's kind of like part of your portfolio. Um, and I think we didn't touch on portfolios um, a little bit, but I think having a portfolio um, of applications, um, well, we did kind of like with the whole um, community um, stuff, but like um, if, you're, if you're kind of not doing the community um, like work and stuff like that, um, you're kind of going to need to have a portfolio that people are going to look at the apps that you've built previously and if there's an app that's been banned from the Play Store, um, that also doesn't look really good um, on you, um, especially if you were there when it happened. Um, so I think that that's also a great point. Um, like you say, say no when you don't need to. Um, but yeah, it's also very difficult, like you mentioned. Um, if someone just needs to take leave and they kind of just want that, they don't want to kind of manage their, their kind of like work admin <laughs> then maybe freelancing is maybe not for them. Um, but like, and maybe a permanent position is better, but I think um, dipping um, your feet in the water um, of freelancing, I think it's, it's, it's great just for um, some of the benefits. Like you mentioned, you get to work with different people and work on different projects. And also, like you mentioned within Android, because there's so many APIs, you get to work on different APIs and different um, platform um, features um that could like enhance your um your career um and your learning path let's say um yeah um i i guess there's another thing that that uh, just occurred to me um that uh, there's something that i've experienced as a freelancer that i never experienced at all when i was a a permanent employee um when you're a permanent employee when you leave a company um it's very rarely you leave uh, happy with that company. Um, the The reasons generally are that um, you, you're no longer happy there, uh, either because there's personality clashes, uh, there's cultural. Uh, uh, you don't. There, there's not a culture fit. Um, maybe there's new management come in that have changed um, something. Um, Various reasons like that where, or, you, you know, you, you feel you don't have the chance to, to improve or advance. So there are usually reasons that you no longer, uh, feel positively inclined towards that company. The other reason can be that, uh, redundancy, um, that kind of stuff, or even the fear of redundancy. There's been a bout of redundancies. Um, and even though you survived, you think, well, you know, things aren't that good, so I'm going to get out while the going's good. So generally, in all of those scenarios, you're not feeling that well uh, 
towards the, the company you're leaving. Um, as a freelancer, uh, I can remember the, the first major, uh, the, the first contract I got um, was actually the one I mentioned earlier where um, because the, the, the client uh, cut the budget, they had to let the freelancers go, and so it finished early. Um, <clears throat> but even though I had a couple of weeks' notice because of the, the release clause, on my final day, uh, I didn't have any negative feelings towards the company. You know, I, I recognized that this was purely a business thing. And actually, on my last day, it, I was sort of uh, really sad. Uh, I was sad to be leaving. Uh, I didn't have this the, these negative vibes around. Um and it was a totally new experience to me um, to to actually leave something that I was enjoying um, without, you know, it being enforced through redundancy or anything like that. Okay, there there was business reasons that, that forced it, but then I was able to go, uh, you know, work with them again uh, in the future. And you know, you you don't tend to often leave on bad terms with people. Um, and that's a really nice thing. Um, uh, <clears throat> and that's something that I, I never expected when I started on it. Um, it was a, an unexpected find and, and, and it was a really odd realization when, when I, uh, I, I first experienced it and, and it still, um, is a, a nice thing, um, you know, to, to always leave on, uh, good terms with people. Um, and, uh, you, you not only is it nice to to do that because it's nice to to, uh, to to leave with fond memories without any sourness towards the end um but it also means that there might be the chance to work together again um and you tend to keep in touch with people as well which is always nice yeah and i think um like you mentioned previously also is that it also does create opportunities at the end of the day um, where you can go back to those companies when they do have other opportunities that might come up. Um, so that's actually really, really, it's a really good point. Um, I think generally people, when they leave companies, they generally leave because they're either not happy um, or maybe they do just get a better opportunity where they feel like it's a better fit for them. Um, but I feel like majority, let's say around like 70% of the time, people generally leave because they, they're pretty much not happy with the, their position. Um, so yeah, as a freelancer, you're like, cool, I'm doing this thing for six months. It was really great, but I'm on to the next and maybe we'll get to work together again. Um, it's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I literally have just left a, a contract two weeks ago where you know, it was circumstances uh, didn't allow, but I was working with some great people and, you know, who knows whether there might be uh, opportunities there. Um, uh, the one I've just started, I've worked with uh, these folks before. Uh, I, I I know them, they know me. me. Um, and it's, uh, it's always enjoyable working with good people that, and particularly when you're changing, whenever you change a job, whether you're full-time or contract, if it's somewhere completely new, there's always uh, a bit of apprehension um, of whether it's going to be a good fit, whether you're going to get on with the people you're working with. Um, <clears throat> as a freelancer, if you can return somewhere where you've uh, had a successful spell before, it's uh, 
it doesn't feel like uh, you're going back in your career. Like if you left one job, went somewhere else, it didn't work out and you returned. It doesn't quite feel like that as a, uh, as a freelancer. You, you're, uh, is always opportunities to work with people. And if you've worked with them before and, uh, had a good, uh, working relationship there before, it's only ever, uh, makes that transition back in much easier. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and just thinking, um, uh, what you just said now also just reminded me of something that I, I read in your blog, which was around um, short-term contracts. Um, it, sometimes it could look bad on your CV, um, but as a, as, a, as a freelancer, that's not something that actually looks bad versus if you're a permanent employee and you've kind of been jumping for every three months um, to a new place. Um, that's, that's something that um, is, is probably a lot more forgiving if you're a freelancer, um, and not necessarily bad at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that was one of the uh, the contributing factors to me uh, giving my second uh, a, a second try at uh, uh, contracting after my first uh, uh, aborted attempt. Um, that uh, I had gone through uh, a run of uh, of permanent jobs where you you just kind of know you you you're a month or two in and you just realize this isn't working for whatever reason sometimes you know it could just be um uh, you don't get on well with the people you're working with at other times you you might find you, the impression you got during the interview process didn't turn out to be the company you actually joined um you know, various reasons, but I, I'd gone through a run of about three or four of these um, and was really getting concerned about how it was looking on my CV, resume, depending on where you live. Um, and uh, that was concerning to me. And I, I realized that I was wanting to leave uh company so i probably wasn't actually doing due diligence on where i was moving to i was just uh looking to get out of somewhere and then uh, just moving from one bad thing to another um and precisely as you say uh, i felt that that looks really bad on your cv resume if you're going for permanent positions because what's going to come up in interviews is why have you only lasted so long at these jobs and no matter how you answer it you, there's always a seed in someone's mind that, that this guy's just not gonna uh, or this person isn't gonna stick around um so that was a, a why i felt it was a good time to try uh contracting again um and you know, I, I set out with, uh, well, if I find something that's a good fit, I might consider transitioning back to permanent um, because that's kind of easy. If you know it's a good fit, you, you can try stuff out. They can try uh, me out. And if everyone says this is all working, um, then we could just uh, make it a permanent arrangement. Um, and yeah, although there, I've had places that I've thoroughly enjoyed. I found I really got into the the the, the freelance lifestyle, so I've never uh, <clears throat> felt that uh, compulsion to to do that. Uh, I, I've 
kind of like the way uh, that I work. Um, I mean, I, I was in one contract position where uh, they wanted me to become permanent and uh, they kind of said, name your salary. And I named it. Um, and uh, basically, <laughs> uh, I, I thought I'm going to give them a number that's so high they won't go for it so that uh, I don't have to make the decision. <laughs> um, and then they came back and they said, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I hadn't thought that through, and then still declined. But uh, yeah, they they, they were uh, they did uh, offer me stupid money to go permanently, but um, it wasn't uh, the right time for me. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely something that um, a lot of people um, won't realize that, like short term, long term contracts, and then even going permanent. Um, there is that option, but sometimes once you actually do get into the whole um, lifestyle of being a, a freelancer um, and also being able to manage your own time and decide, okay, cool, I would like to take off like two months now um, instead of like having to um, be like, ask your, your boss if you can take two months of leave because um, I don't know, something's happening. You can just kind of take it in between projects if you can afford to um to obviously pay yourself. Um, so that's, I think, I think that's also um, a very valid point um, in the, in the freelance world. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, I, I did get um, a comment from a fellow on the, the blog post who, who, uh, who said, you know, agree with most of it, but I don't agree with your, your sort of work all the hours you, you can, you know, all the time you can. Uh, he said that for him, he factors that in, that he builds up the money while he's working and then takes long breaks between contracts. Um, and, yeah, um, I really uh, don't have a, a, any complaint with, with uh, his philosophy. For me, um, I don't know. I just find I prefer to, to earn while I can. Um, so... You know, it, it again. It's different. People work in different ways, uh, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard work. But sometimes you you, you get the time off with it, whether you want it or not. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I certainly am planning on uh, taking some time over Christmas this year um, because I felt I'm owed it after not taking much vacation this year so I, I certainly will take some uh, vacation time over christmas no, no definitely i think i think it's um, definitely something that will probably also contribute to um burnout uh, people might get burned out i think you even wrote an article on burnout um i think i read that one also um so definitely in the in the show notes i will link your blog um to obviously all the cool um, technical stuff that you've written about, but also the non-technical topics, um, which I find fascinating. And not a lot of people actually talk about these non-technical um, uh, topics or things that are going on in tech. Um, so I think um, it's definitely um, helpful. And I think um, if people know about this kind of thing, like, like freelancing, it is a different way of working. Um, I think maybe it will also bring up a bigger community of freelancers um, from around the world and especially in the mobile slash Android um, uh, community itself. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's something um, I've tried to do a little bit of, of over recent years is try and write some uh, non-tech posts. Um, initially, I wasn't sure how well they'd be re- be received um, because it's kind of a technical blog, and so to just suddenly throw something non-technical in there. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if people would say, oh, you know, I've been conned. I was expecting a technical post here. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, um, they, uh, you know, they, they have been quite well received. So, uh, you know, I don't like to overdo them, but it's more when I find something that I think, well, maybe people, uh, don't realize. So, um, you know, with the burnout thing, um, oddly enough, um, that was the company that, uh, wanted to make me permanent the one that i was yeah. feeling burnout and so that's why i gave them this stupidly high figure yeah. um, and then they said okay and then i thought hang on i was recognizing i was burning out and that's why it wasn't a difficult decision to to turn down this huge money because i thought if i'm getting burnt out as a freelancer here where i can say no um then if i'm a permanent employee um how much worse is it going to be? So yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with, with the non-tech stuff, um, you know, it, it suddenly occurred to me one day about writing about freelancing because maybe it's something that people were interested in and didn't know precisely what it involved. So thought there was some uh, mileage in in just jotting down my random thoughts on the subject. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it it had sparked um quite a bit of um movement um and like I um I I love the article and that's why I reached out um for the for the podcast um because I thought it was a pretty interesting topic um and again like um for the podcast um it's it's more mostly focused on technical mobile development talks um but like i felt i felt like this is something that is really interesting and i feel like it will benefit our listeners wherever it is wherever they are um so yeah um thanks so much for for um for definitely sharing your knowledge today um and i really appreciate it um where do people find you on the internet um the best place is uh, uh stylingandroid.com uh or on Twitter, it's Mark I Allison with that's Mark with a K uh, I and Allison with two L's, one S and no Q's. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, or the, there's uh, uh, contact details on the, the blog. If you go to the about page on the blog, there's an email address um, that uh, just has some uh, anti-spam bot protections on there that most humans should be able to to work out quite easily um but yeah um um but yeah twitter or uh or you know contact me through the 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 email address on the blog okay awesome and yeah thanks so much for um for joining me um and chatting about freelancing um hopefully um you will be back on the blog and maybe we can talk next time we can talk a little bit about android um maybe some animations um uh let's see um but yeah this was fantastic um, i really enjoyed it well yeah it's been an absolute pleasure um really good talking to you awesome thanks so much mark have a good day 
You too. Thank you for joining us on Talking with Apple's podcast. Cheers.